We are back. Justin and I are here and ready to talk Guardians baseball. Uh, did you miss us? If so, make sure to like, comment, and drop a note uh, below. Show us some love as we return to talk about your Cleveland Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Instead of going positive, maybe I should have gone the other way, but like, they're back. Uh, either way, we're back. I am Jeff Ellis, one of your two hosts of uh, Locked On Guardians. I just actually logged into my 24-7 account today, and it shows that all of my articles exist there from when I wrote as the lead drafts and prospect analyst. But if you click on all of them, it takes them to the homepage. So I'm not exactly sure what that's doing or how that, but if you know about the internet and would like to explain to me if there's a way to actually find my old articles, I would very much appreciate that. Again, comment below. That's the Wayback Machine you're looking for, my friend. Yeah. Waybackmachine.org. That's the only way. They have uh this is gonna I be haven't... geeky, but this is that they're 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 what do they call it? 303. I can't remember. No, that's that's the band. Uh no, it's 303. They're re- they're redirecting your links to the homepage. I do that yeah. in my daytime. I'm Justin Ladder. I during my mm-hmm. daytime I do nerdy geeky SEO stuff and I used to write it. Well, I still write about baseball. You can follow me at different places where I've written about baseball where I haven't really written a lot lately, but uh I've done a lot of baseball that's, that's why we're back. We're allowed to take a break. Um, and I want to thank everyone. As I, I wrote a note today on the page, it's like, honestly, I had not gone seven days without doing this show in a very long time. So I hope, you know, I've, I've been doing this since the 2019 season, I believe was my first one. So I, I think we earned a bit of a break. Um, let's take a second and discuss media literacy again at the top of the show here. Cause people, I know it's boring times and Hey, you know, uh, you know, the, we had the Sean Murphy of it all and Nathan Evaldi, uh, the last of the uh, qualifying offer guys signing, which stinks. They went to Texas because that doesn't help our draft position anymore. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Um, but, you know, all these little things kind of happened uh, and people are kind of desperate for Cleveland to do more. One, Cleveland just doesn't do a ton. Like, you know, that's that's not their way. And, and two the fact of the matter is nothing gets out. No one, this is one of the tightest lipped front offices. There's the great humor. They miss out on Sean Murphy and immediately signs in, you know, the next day, uh, you know, the Josh Bell stuff was all like, Hey, it'd be a good fit, but no one was directly connecting them until the day he signed. So, you know, there was a bit more of a paper trail In all honesty, that's one you can kind of track down, but with Bell, we didn't know. I mean, with the Lindor trade, I, we were discussing hot rumors and takes till the moment that happened. Clevenger, yes, I know there was a dude who reported it was done. I talked to people connected to the team who are like, that deal is not done. They eventually did make the trade with San Diego, but it definitely felt like someone who they're in the finishing stages. Maybe it's, you know, like running out there with with a half-cooked pie cake. I don't know. I'm making up my own analogy. And the funny thing in baseball anymore is uh, not to knock anyone out there who does have friends in the front office, but literally, by my count, thanks to everyone on Twitter who gives me information about my friend in this front office says, there are approximately 6 billion people working for those 30 teams and front offices because everyone somehow has an in with at least five different organizations, which is weird to me because I've met several of the GMs in baseball and I don't have an in. I, I'm, I'm a known, not to brag here where people get annoyed with me, but it's like, when I used to write it's gotten 24 seven, it was before there was a lot of draft stuff. Like I was known to 
almost every GM on the planet. It was very weird. I would get text messages from scouts like, hey, our GM said you did a good job this year. I've talked about like hearing from, you know, the Nationals that way and, and the White Sox I had some connections with. Like, and I say that just to be like, I am someone who has been a known person in the past and I don't have connections to more than maybe three front offices. And most of them are, you know, they're not giving me anything. If something's coming up, they are too, you know, that's, that's a fireable offense to let your friend know a trade's coming down. So anything you're reading right now, just take it with a grain of salt. If it's not Passan and it's not a Boris client and it's Heyman um, or just, Zach Meisel or Zach. Yeah. I mean, Zach's great. Like, let's be honest. Uh, no one ever run to Zach and, and anything other than the fact that we love him. He is the best uh, guardians coverage there is right now. Um, that's a knock on, you know, Hoynes, who's done it forever, or Pluto, who's done it forever, or Mandy, who's, you know, been an up and comer 100%. But I, Zach's kind of been the dude for the last five years. I mean, whenever Bastion left, right, to go cover the Cubs, was that like five years yeah. ago? You know, it's he's uh, he's great. But yeah, I just want to take that moment and be like, stop trusting accounts that have like, no picture or no no real face on them on them and it's not even that and again i don't want to get into what got the other like the golden state podcast in trouble because it's not about credentialed versus non-credentialed in this case it's not anything like like just to be smart like if someone's got not a lot of follow like if someone really had good inside intel um it 99 of inside intel on all trades and signings can i tell you right now does not come from baseball teams it comes from agents uh baseball teams do not leak much uh, through my experience, through the years, um, you know, like, listen, there's a very prominent uh, person I've had a, a feud with, <laughs> I guess, in the Cleveland sports area who does break a lot of things. And I can tell you from when we were friendly, all of that came from agents. Like, and I know Justin's closing his eyes. I'm just, I'm not going to say a name because I don't want to start fights again. You can put two and two together. But I, I know from when we were friendly, it was all agent related. Like every little bit of that came from an agent. So when these stories come, it comes from an agent. And then you have to kind of look at any account and be like, why would an agent be spending their time there? Like, I mean, I only hear from a few agents anymore because I no longer have that national gig. Um, literally, some agents are, you know, don't respond to me anymore. It's mildly humorous. And so I can tell you that like they do care about the scope of your audience and your title. And yeah, it's like, how did we get Hunter Gaddis on the show? Was agent reach out to us? Like, honestly, that's how it was. That's how that worked out to get um, Tim Heron. I reached out to his agent. Like that's how this often goes. That's how this song and dance goes. Agents really are the gatekeepers of information and often player contact. And when you see an account, I could tell you I'm a pro I'm somewhere nearing 4,000 followers and because I'm no longer the national guy at scouter 24 seven, there are agents who don't talk to me who used to don't have the time for it anymore. There are still smaller ones who do, but you really have to question any bit of what comes from anyone. Uh, because again, all leaks come from agents. They don't come from teams. Yeah. That's why, that's why you said everything John Heyman puts out is Scott Boris related and, I think that's a lot of other stuff too. That with the Jose Ramirez stuff going around, I think we were pretty pretty obvious how that was all getting out. It definitely wasn't coming from Cleveland. I'm trying to think. The only time I can really remember any serious buildup, and I don't even remember who his agent was. I'm sure. I don't know. I'm 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 very curious now who would have leaked it. And this is not a conversation we plan to have. I don't want to go too deep into it, but see other stuff planned. But 
when when there was the whole talk about them signing Edwin in the in the 2016 2017 offseason, you know, it, there, nobody really thought at the beginning Cleveland made any sense for him. They didn't think they had the money because there was the Blue Jays had money and the Red Sox and I forget who else. But the market had to really come down to a number where Cleveland was going to get involved. But I do remember. I'm trying to think. Buster Olney had tweets about it, and John Heyman had tweets about it, and Jeff Passan had tweets about it before the deals were done. And it was just talking about, you know, Cleveland's interested, Cleveland's interested, don't know about the money, and that was pretty much the gist of it, right? So that's the only time I can really remember any serious buildup that followed Cleveland to a transaction, a big transaction at that, um, that actually came out. Like, look at look at the stuff that happened for years with Corey Kluber, like. I swear the the offseason, but the 2019 offseason before they or whatever yeah, 2018, the year before they actually traded him, John Morosi had Corey Kluber traded to the Dodgers like five times, like five different times, before it finally happened the next year to Texas. Like that, you know that 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 was a, a bunch of runaround too. The Lindor thing, like you said, just kind of happened. Everyone kind of knew they were trading him, just depending on when things went down. Um, yeah, my, my my New Year's resolution, everybody, is be better at media literacy, like read things a couple times, make some extra, do some extra reading and extra clicks and do some extra background work before you think that something is true or something could be happening. These, like you said, people, fans don't have sources there. Maybe some people have like an uncle or a, you know, somebody, a cousin they see at Thanksgiving and gives them something, but I highly doubt it. Like that would get them fired. Like you said, if, if, if I have friends who became scouts who like, don't tell us, jack like right to be fair we know, don't really ask i don't ask you don't but press I mean, no but i mean like it's not like the this this stuff comes up in a regular conversation like right they, you're yeah. not dropping that no especially yeah. when it comes to the off season and especially when it comes to cleveland you could see other stuff moving around other front offices some some front offices are a little more uh leaky than cleveland but again as we've seen in the past nothing comes out of cleveland unless they want it to that if they if they want something to be out they will, they will strategically do something with it. And I think we've seen that time and time again with Paul Hoynes is, is the main culprit whenever they put something out. Um, or even, uh, I think Terry Pluto, sometimes they have done, I think Fran Mills, like yeah. conditioning Fran Mill was definitely all. T- <laughs> yeah. That was, that was something going on with them, I think so. But yeah, just my, my rule of thumb is if they are not willing to put their face on it, I don't care who, how many follows they have. I don't care what sort of access they do and don't claim to have. If you don't put your face on it, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. You have to have a face on it. If you're not, and you always people too, who are like, Oh, hearing that so-and-so might be interested, but you know, not sure. Or, you know, you're just going to hedge your bets on info. Like you're just going to say, well, I heard this. I think this is going to happen, but also, you know, they're just trying to, they're trying to get attention and throw stuff at the wall. And if they get it right, like you said before, Ooh, they look good. Give me credit. Give me credit, credit, Ken Rosenthal. They get it wrong. Nobody pays attention because they're they have no face on it. They have no no skin in the game. I don't trust get, those people. Sorry. Don't oh no. Don't send me tweets by those people ever again. Anybody, anybody listening, don't send me tweets by those people. So a classic example of this is actually a friend of the show, um, Sully. Every single day, tweeted out for about five years. Uh, on this day, you know this pitcher is going to get a no hitter for the San Diego Padres and break the streak. And he tweeted that every single day. It was like became a thing because they were the only team. Were they the only team that never had a no hitter? It was something along those lines. Um, and when that happened, like he went viral. Like he went 100% viral when Joe Musgrove threw that no hitter. And that's exactly, it didn't matter that 
He literally tweeted that every day. People aren't looking for that. That got ran with. It's it's the same thing. Like there are guys who pop up um, that have you know if if you can get enough like you know think back to the lebron plane tracking people or like the random kid who's like he's coming back home like had no data never backed it up nothing to really go with it i, I don't know what happened there but i felt like you know you can gain a hundred thousand followers if the uh twitter follows you in the right way and people believe you and i like i said i could literally sit here and tweet uh i heard sean murphy was being traded today every single day in the off season and then the day it happened that's all that would have mattered congratulations you're would, right yeah yeah and and that happens. And again, we we literally saw it with Sully, and you know it was a shtick for him that led to like just like I said, he biggest day for him on ever on Twitter was after Musgrove threw that no hitter. So yeah, and we're uh, not we're not talking down on anybody either. I don't want no. like you said, I don't want it to end up like the other the Warriors thing. But like I think we're just saying like when you see stuff put out there, think about it. I know we've said this multiple times. Other people have said this too. We're not the only ones saying this. We're not. We're not giving you any, you know, earth shattering, mind blowing theories. We're not the dude. We're not Charlie from uh, Always Sunny. It's Charlie, right? You watch yes. that show? Okay. We're Charlie not Charlie. We're, yes. Well, he's we're also not, we're Charlie not. on the show. Yes. Yeah. Right. I just started watching that. So my, my reference was a little bit thin there. I wasn't sure it was going to work, but it landed. Um, you know, we're, we're not doing anything ground crazy, brown, groundbreaking here. We're just saying, think twice. There's the cybersecurity thing I hear every day from my job. They talk about, Use the three-second rule before you click on anything. Look at the link. Look at the writing. Before you click on something, use three seconds and, and make some judgment. Same thing with anything media-related. This isn't even sports. It could be anything, anything in the world, especially in the age of Twitter and the the word I can't say show, and it is. Yeah, the, 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 the thing I can't currently log into. Yeah, and again, it's not to just talk anyone, but it is having been there, having been at a point in time where like I was literally – talking to i wasn't talking to boris but like boris had a comp account on my scouting baseball site i can tell you that as did brian cashman like i, I could see if they logged in and read and i can tell you they did um because that's also hey that's your lack of security just you know for things you subscribe to but uh yeah like having been at that level they're not giving that information away for free and like honestly all of these talks on and yeah, the big thing today was like the Guardians pitchers, like the plain and simple truth with Plesak and Savale is one, there are still plenty of guys left on the market. We talk, we'll talk about Corey Kluber in a moment in segment two. Uh, but two, Plesak had a negative war last year and has been diminishing returns for three years in a row. And Aaron Savale can only pitch about 130 innings in a year. So these aren't huge value guys to begin with. Like, yes, uh, a, a deal could come together. I also would not be shocked at all if the guardians hold on to them and don't sell low because they never sell low uh but let's take our first break here in the action come back and discuss uh talk about pitching a little bit on today's locked on guardians but first this quick word from our sponsors our good friends over at bet online uh i disagree with our good friends over at bet online i i saw some of our inner chat that had the astros as favorites to win the world series I I wouldn't go with that. Uh, I think Justin Verlander is a big loss, and Abreu is a perfect addition for them. But as we'll talk about in segment two, pitching is incredibly valuable, incredibly hard to come by, and elite pitching, uh, just forget about it. You're not finding that uh, readily available on a market anywhere without paying out the nose. Um, 
That being said, BetOnline is still your number one source for sports betting info and stats. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl to basketball, they've got you covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love podcasts, they got those too, which you obviously must do. Uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Pitching. Uh, Corey Kluber signed a... Uh, essentially a one-year contract. Second year, I believe, is a t- team option. So he got $10 million with a $1 million um, uh, like buyout for next year. And with that being said, guess what? Corey Kluber pitched better than Plesak or Savali last year in terms of war. Uh, he was more reliable. Uh, he wasn't necessarily as good at peak, but he got essentially $10 million uh, at what age is he now? Like he's going to be age 37. Wow. Uh, he was worth three war last year, but when you are 37 and worth three war and probably for at least for next year, Kluber has more value than Savali or police based on previous year data. Yeah. I think some of that is how Tampa Bay handled him too. They were very mm-hmm. careful about no third time to the order. They rest them when they could. He was a five and fly guy and they, they knew what to get out of him. I don't know that Boston will be will be quite as good for him. So uh, he might be more valuable than trading. Obviously, he's more valuable because all you got to do is pay money. You don't have to pay prospects. And let's be honest, the Red Sox are in disarray, and they're not going to be trading prospects for Zach Lee, Zach, and Aaron Savali. They don't even want to trade for Ben Rosario. There was a little um, note, I forgot. I think it was Ken Rosenthal last week. It was like, after the whole, all the shortstops started coming off the board, the Red Sox, you know, had some discussions about him at Rosario, but those kind of uh, filtered out very or faded out pretty quickly, and then there was no real traction or interest there. So they're not trading anything for anybody. I don't know. I just the trade market's so bad, and I think I want to say it was I mean, it was Ken my- who also wrote it, and I think Travis Sawchick also said it. There's just there's so many teams who are are looking to contend this year. They're not looking to. to trade trade anything of value they're they're not looking to trade prospects it's a dead trading market for a reason what's the what's the biggest trade besides sean murphy that happened the the one that happened last week what was that was it uh, very... the moreno for Var- yeah we could talk about yeah. that show yeah. and uriel was, besides murphy that was like the most juicy yeah. trade all off season and i i don't think it's going to get bigger than that that's it that's i think it's going to be a dead winner and i don't think i think you're right they might hold just because a, they'll have depth, and B, they're, you know, you could see them do in the middle of the season what they did with Bauer yeah. and Clevenger. They could just move in the middle of the season. And that also gives them some cover, too, for, okay, Cody Morris would be a better starter than those two guys. Is he more reliable than Aaron Savali in terms of health? We don't know that yet. So there's that component to it. And then you've got, um, what, Pilkington is, is on there, and you got Gaddis mm-hmm. and Curry. So, you know, at least it gives you some ability to push guys to AAA. I know innings are hard to come by, and Roster spots, there's no roster fodder, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, there may not be a market. There may not be a market for those guys. How many hundred inning seasons does Aaron Savale have uh, between the majors and the minors? Three? Yes. Three and seven years. That's across majors and how and his his high for innings ever was 124 in 2021. Uh, if you combine his major league and minor league innings last year, he got up to 110. He only had 97 
this is my point. This is not a, you know, what is he's projected for 134 innings next year. Uh, that is what you're hoping that you can build Espino and Morris up to. And that's where Savale is projected because he's, and what team's going to trade for that? Like particular, he has been good. Like he's been close to a number three starter at points, but not consistently. Uh, but we're, there's no trade market in a guy who is held together with duct tape. Um, and maybe I'm being a bit unfair, but like it's a legitimate issue And teams. If they're trading for more of a back end type, they want a guy who can hold up where on the other side, you know, uh, Savali and Plesak have been up the same number of seasons. Plesak again, you know, if you get rid of the 2020 season, uh, because it was, you know, a weird season, uh, even though that's his best one, Plesak is a, has pitched a hundred innings every single year in the big leagues, 115, 142, 131. Um, he has not been as good as Savale uh, overall, but at least he's consistent. At least you can count on him. Neither of them are that good of a tradable Sometimes. asset. Not unless he's taking a shirt off aggressively or punching yes. him out. And then, yes. then his his injuries are self-inflicted. And yes, and Ollie's have been you know, yes. little dings but and dents. He's still, like I said, uh, over the course of a season, you get more appearances out of a police hack. And I mean, the highs with him are definitely higher and the lows are definitely lower. But I, I think that, I just think honestly, like neither of those guys are that interesting for teams. Like, yeah, I, I think it's but they're better off just waiting till the season and letting somebody get hurt and be like, okay, we could use. I don't know, maybe somebody will go out there and decide they need some depth. I mean, the Rangers went out and added six new pitchers this offseason. Although I don't know if you can consider Martin Perez a, a new pitcher because he was there last year, but the the Rangers literally added six new pitcher or five new pitchers this offseason. Okay. So. There's not a lot of teams left. They're going to be doing that. Like a lot of other teams have pitching that's better than that. And and I think nobody wants to get back to prospects. And we also have to talk about the fact that Cleveland's hard to trade with. Let's let's be honest. They are yeah. they are difficult to trade with. I think that's that's part of this as well. Yeah. Would you rather pay Corey Kluber ten million now and one million later, or play pay Plesac? You know nearly three while also having to give up a prospect like is $7 million, you know, for a guy who next year is likely to be worse between the two of them. I mean, the math doesn't compute on a lot of levels. And I just, I I think it's not a matter of teams not being interested. It's just, they're not that good. And listen, maybe, you know, I had a follower bring up a great point and maybe it'll be true that police could gain more value because he is good at controlling the running game with his pickoff Mm -hmm. move. And maybe he comes, yeah, and like he is in it. Maybe you don't trade him because he's in a position to recoup some value this year. And if Savale can stay happy, happy. Well, I hope he's happy. I hope he is always happy. But if he can stay healthy for, for, for <laughs> well, that's a, that's you know a Cleveland pitcher robot thing they do. Uh, they don't know how to integrate a smile. Uh, just you know, wait for Kluber's faceplate to fall off. It's not um, the programming. No, it's not in the programming. Uh, but yeah, if he can stay healthy for the first half and really put together a season where he looks like he is going to ascend, like there's many points where he thought he could take another step, but like I said, last year, the first half was just, was dog poop and then it was injury and then he was awesome. And then he was injured. So I think they're in a situation. I think you have all five go out there. I love, love Cody Morris to death. I'm close to calling it a big four, not a big three, but he's going to give you max 110 innings this year. Right. You know, we talk, I think Pilkington's better long-term in the pen. Uh, we'll talk maybe more about the big three uh, in a second, but first let's take another sponsor break at this point in the show, come back 
and get into continuing to talk about pitching because it's kind of the story right now. Maybe throw a little bit. I had some people say they wanted to hear our reactions to that Arizona trade. So we'll try to throw that in segment three as well. But first, uh, we're not caught. Getting better, huh? You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Apologize that in my dramatic read, I pulled the mic right into my face there. So if it got super loud, well, sorry. Um, so here's the thing with this Cleveland pitching staff. We were discussing a little bit before we got on air. Uh, I know there is some kind of confusion because uh, Lindor did not would not sign, but Jose Ramirez did sign. So some people think Shane Bieber might sign. Um, Jose Ramirez signed a bad contract and then had his breakout season immediately after. He was going to be locked up into his age 30 years and is a player who had his desire to stay in Cleveland and had engaged the Guardians at multiple points with his agent to try and stay. Francisco Lindor uh, never really took any offers. Uh, Shane Bieber, from what I understand, has never really taken any offers either. Shane Bieber is gone um, in the next 365, likely. Uh, I mean, maybe it stretches out to the next 400. But Shane Bieber is not here long term. You look at the rest of this pitching staff. People are ready to pay the freight to ship out PSAC. Savale, as we talked about, cannot stay healthy. Quantrell is a solid mid-rotation. Tristan McKenzie is a two when he's on. When he's off, he can be a little bit lower. Um, I don't know if he's quite that upper tier, but I think he could potentially get there. After that, you've got Curry and Gaddis who, and Pilkington, all three who might be better relievers. Cody Morris, who uh, makes Aaron Savale seem like an Iron Man in terms of health. And then you got the big three. It kind of boggles my mind how much people think this team is set in terms of pitching and that it's let's 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 trade one or even two of those young arms to go get another position. Uh, the pitching isn't good. One could argue, and I will argue, this team's biggest weakness is starting pitching. I would still argue it's catching. Uh, I mean, yeah, fair, <laughs> but at least you. they've done well, something not defensively, <laughs> offensively. It's still an issue. Although last year, the way Hedges regressed defensively, I would say it's catching and, you know, given Zanino's health last year, we don't really know. We assume he's going to be fine. They say he's going to be fine, but you know, we've never really seen a visit too many position players come back from that injury. And cause there yeah. just haven't been any that had it, but I would still say catching because I think, I don't know. It's hard to include prospect depth in there because, you don't know what you're going to get, and some of their best pitching prospects aren't even on the 40, and they're not even close to being on the 40 um, until next a year from now. So, you know, it's really going to depend. Um, I don't know if you can include them in that discussion. So, I mean, you're right. It's definitely not – it's it's fine at the top. I think there's a reason they didn't want Cal Quantrill 
I don't know. I don't think ideally you want Cal Quantrill starting two playoff games. I could even argue. I don't know if you want him starting one. If you do, he's got to be like your fourth guy and you're getting back to, or you're trying to, you know, they should have five implied him. That's another story for, well, we already covered that, but yeah, I mean, there's a reason people kept talking about, you know, going out and getting Pablo Lopez. There is a reason they were connected to who was it? Tyler Molly, who went to the twins. There was a little bit of smoke there. They were interested in Tyler Molly. You know, there's a reason I have been trying to uh, wish cast Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff. Like, you know, they they do need additional resources there that are already proven and healthy versus prospects. And and to be clear, I I would be willing to trade one of the big three for Burns or Woodruff. I don't know which one, truthfully off the top of my head, but I would be at least open to that idea, whereas I am not open to that for, say, Sean Murphy or... Ryan Reynolds, I open to that for those guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, you're right. Catcher is a bigger need because there's so many question marks. But I guess because the ceiling is so low there, you can get around with it being uh, miserable. Uh, as we saw a year ago, pitching, though, it's like, I mean, yeah, I just have a hard time seeing. A, to me, that is certainly the bigger need than say, like you said, outfield or any other position outside of the whole black hole that is the catching experience in Cleveland. But yeah, I find it interesting how many people feel like they're going to a resign Bieber and everyone's going to find a new gear. And I think we kind of take for granted, like or for granted, not for granted, take for granted uh, (laughs) the pitching development, right? Like it was so good for so long that I think we also sometimes need to take a step back and realize that like Kluber, Carrasco, uh, Bieber, Bauer, Clevenger was a top five rotation all time in Cleveland guardians history, all time. Like when those five were there, that is one of the best rotations in the history of this franchise. And you can't always expect to keep finding that level. We'll see if the next level of prospects can step up, but I, I think it's a little bit crazy to think, just assume, uh, it's going to keep rolling. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, I think they've definitely shown, I don't know, they've had a bit of a soft a couple of years here. Like they haven't really had any prospects come through that can upend play seconds volley. Cause if they could have by now, those two would have been maybe gone yeah. sooner. Um, when those guys came up, we thought, you know, Oh, here comes the next wave. Right. And those guys have had their issues and they've been serviceable. I mean, yeah. When, when Savali is healthy outside of the first half this season, he has been a good pitcher. Um, Plesak has had his moments for sure, but it's definitely, like you said, it's not a, it's not a Kluber, Carrasco, Salazar, Bauer, whatever rotation of domination type outfit like they've had in the years past. It definitely needs to improve. And, you know, we think those guys are coming. We think the big three and Cody Morris and Joey Cantillo and Logan Allen are all coming. They've all got their, um, you know, red flags as well, maybe outside of, uh, outside of Bybee. Um, so, I mean, I still think they can do it. I have no doubt about that, to be honest with you. It's just... I just don't, don't think you can count on it hitting that high. Like, I'm not saying they can't develop guys, but saying that you're going to have five of the top 12 pitchers in the American League again, that just feels very unlikely. Probably not. No, I'm not saying they're going to get that high of a level. I'm just saying I think they'll continue. I mean, McKenzie was a good success story. 
Um, you know, we didn't know if, if how he was going to play out, and it worked out pretty good in their favor. Beaver was a good success story. He came a year before Plesak and Savali. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, will they ever reach that level again? I don't know. It, it, it's 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 possible. Hey, if everybody hits their ceilings, they can, right? But how often do prospects totally max out their their ceiling, right? Not very often. But I think with the guys they have, they have enough. They have enough pitchers. They can come close, good enough to be more than playoff caliber. I mean, division winning caliber, playoff caliber. I don't know about World Series caliber. We'll see. I mean, look, it's so fickle. Corey Kluber, the only, they only had Corey Kluber was like the only healthy starter in 2016. They wrote him and Andrew Miller to the World Series. They came back the next year with Kluber and Carrasco, and they won 100 and something games, and they um, they didn't pitch Carrasco twice in that series. Right. right. Yeah. That was, uh, That's going to yeah, still be pitching. the thing. That is my annoyance in that series from now to the end of time. He was the best pitcher they had in the second half, and then they – so my point is, you just don't know. I mean, as good as that rotation was, as good as those two guys were, you know, they didn't. They haven't won a playoff series since twelve. They won a playoff series this year. That's a lie. But uh, until this year, they hadn't won one since twenty sixteen. But they're not the twins over here, dude. That's true. They are not the twins. The twins are also not moving forward too. So that's the other thing. We we can we have a lot of time to discuss too. But yeah. the the division is not exactly threatening right now. <laughs> I mean, are you scared of Andrew Benintendi replacing Jose Abreu? Not so much. And uh, Joey Gallo for Carlos Correa. Oh, yes. Terrifying. I mean, I know you love Joey Gallo, and I have nothing against him. Just, you know. Yeah. But uh, still, that's, that's yeah. a little bit of a downgrade. Um, we're going we're gonna to call it a show. We're going to continue on our YouTube show uh, from this point forward. So if you'd like to join us there for a few more discussions, we'll discuss the VAR show uh for moreno trade since we've wanted that over on youtube but uh, i want to thank everyone for listening rating and reviewing downloading it helps we had another really strong month so i really appreciate everyone who's taking part in helping out and uh by downloading daily liking subscribing commenting all of that so thank you very much and go go guardians go